All right, guys, gals, <laughs> Tamaloys, what's happening? It's Friday night. Ross is hosting again. Stephen is slacking. <laughs> Franny's along with a wee hangover. It's Friday night. It's all good. What's happening, boys? All good, man. All good. Like to take a backseat now and then. Come on. It's good crack. And you're good. You're a great host, so all good. <laughs> you hit flat rail, get you everywhere, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what about yourself, oh. Ranny? How are you? We hangover, I was hearing. Ah, we bit tender. I've, I felt I was alright up this morning and stuff, but the, as the days went on, it's tiredness and that's kicking in. Uh, well, you had good in a school night, son. Ah, I know, that's what I was thinking. Drinking on the school night, Franny. What are you playing yeah. on? Got to live a little sometimes, boys. Got to live a Absolute little. Absolute rebel. Seven-year-old. Oh, aye. <laughs> oh, aye. Grounded for two weeks, but... <laughs> aye. <laughs> um, aye, well, so... We'll just get into the podcast, shall we? <laughs> uh, well, oh, by the way, I'm just before we get any further, Alistair's in the comments there. It's uh, Alistair's birthday today, so happy birthday. Seen it on happy Facebook earlier. Alistair. Happy birthday, Alistair. Monty, what's he saying, Stephen? I see Mastermind is on, which is obviously freed up this pair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Monty's got, that's actually, that's a good start, Monty. It's a good start. <laughs> Not really got much to say to that, so I'll just move on to the Super Six swiftly. Um, let's do. Aye, let's do. Aye. Uh, I mean, last it's me that started this thing. It's me that wanted to do it, and it's me that forgot to put it on last week. <laughs> but in my defence, I left it, I left in a real hurry on Saturday morning. Because I got uh, last-minute hospitality tickets for the Celtic Cubs game <laughs> in the number seven bar. So I, I mean, I had other things going on, but uh, aye. <laughs> so <laughs> the Super Six uh, after the midweek ones. Did you mind today, Stephen, during the week? Uh no. So go ahead. <laughs> well, that's not going to slag you. I think I've forgot <laughs> four times. Four times. That's a new record. Usually when I'm doing it, I'm mean, always on the ball. You had, you had the excuse of being in hospitality and your engagements and that, but I'm just a lazy bastard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> he probably remembered and went, ah, fuck that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the top, but sort of five, eh, we've got <clears throat> Franny 142. Then oh, second no. place, we've got Kevin Hampsey on 141. <laughs> 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 we've got Sean Ross in third place on 138. Then we've got a three-way tussle for fourth with James Bowie, Alistair Jack and Jamie Latimer on 136. Ooh. And then, sorry, that's no third. That's, that's, yeah, it was third, that's fourth. No, you did say and fourth. Then, oh, did I? Aye. Aye. And then in fifth, we've got our very own Wally and uh, Jamie McElduff on 123 points. So it's all to play for. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm hoping to come back, but it's not looking good. <laughs> I believe uh, I am the table, which isn't good. Yeah, uh, if you're if you're not in the top five, it's not even worth talking about. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not even I'm not even bringing myself into the equation. Normally, I go, "Oh, I'm an eighth, creep him up." <laughs> Never near it. Aye. So before we go into the podcast proper, uh, I'll just touch on our lovely sponsors here, Beer Fifty Two. Uh, again, you go on www.beer52.com forward slash selts is the code. Uh, all you have to do after that is pay your $5.95 postage uh, mm-hmm. and you get your box of beer. It's 
you can't describe now, but it's boxy beer, all different types of sales and that for the world. Uh, you got a magazine mate telling you about the beer, you got a wee snack, and you, you do it for your couch. It's different class. Again, like I've said before, <laughs> I'm not an ale guy, but if you do like ale, that's the way the fact that The fact that you mentioned magazine and did it from your couch just doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not the 80s, Stephen. Who uses a magazine these days? <laughs> oh, no. uh, aye, so moving on swiftly for that. A wee game during the week there, a wee cup game. For anybody that doesn't aware, that was the quarterfinal. We've got the semi-final next. Stephen thought we had Kilmarnock in the semi-final in the group chat. I mean, it was slightly awkward. He didn't even send a fishing gif because you knew you'd fucked up. But uh, aye, Motherwell away Wednesday night. Another dominant performance. A good win. Celtic are back in the groove the last two games. Uh, just coming to you, Stephen, just a, a sort of overview of the match and uh, just how you think it went. And well, by the way, I was got, sorry, I was going to say as well, the commentator twice yeah, said unchallenged. That, aye, it was an, an, an even first half. <laughs> Would you agree with that? And then just uh, obviously an overview of the, the match itself. Well, I mean... Just to go back to your earlier comment about the, the whole uh, quarters and semi-final debate we had earlier on. I mean, I was doing a bit of fishing, boys. Like, I'll, I'll call Aye, that back. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole clinical aspect of scoring goals is what I do win tonight. That's 10 goals in two games, six against Hibs, four against Motherwell, which is a, a great return. Uh, but the game itself, is, as you said, the cup game, one of them was it could have been a, potent, a potential banana skin in terms of... <coughs> maybe take the food off the gas or a bit of complacency settle in, but that didn't come to fruition. And I thought it was a great performance. You know yourself, Ross, these commentators, I mean, you have the likes of Andy Walker, who played for us, sound like a Rangers fan in most games he commentates and slating us in the other games that he watches in terms of our quality. But the commentators, as usual, are just off the scale sometimes in what they say. Celtic dominated the game start to finish. There were some great, great performances, which you know yourself you're going to touch upon. And it was just good to see the team enjoying football and scoring goals and I think in a, in a roundabout way this whole European fiasco in terms of what isn't a failure what wasn't now we know we're fate maybe it's a bit of pressure off the players and what they're feeling and they're coming back into their game and they're being a bit more free and attacking a bit more fluid and taking their opportunities and it's just good to see we're, we're winning games as I said six against Hibs four against Motherwell let's hope the trend continues uh, by the way you make a good point there in terms of obviously that we sort of know our fate. We can still get third. It's going to be very difficult in that group. But uh, you, make, you make a good point there in terms of the fact that it's the, the pressure's off a wee bit. We're back into the sort of groove, playing well, 10 goals in two games. Uh, but uh, just comment yourself off the back of that, Franny, just what you thought of the, the, the game on Wednesday. I think Stephen's kind of summed up well. Like Cup game specimen week can be... A wee bit, like it can be a banana skin being away from home and stuff. You just don't know how the players, if the players are proper up for it. But I think for, like it was just one of the ones where first 45 minutes we were we were really good, but it was just wee bit, again, clinical. Kyogo missed a couple of, couple of good chances. So it was one of the ones where you're like, oh, 
maybe the Hibs game wasn't as getting back to a dominant sort of a clinical cell, but then obviously in the second half it was, uh, it was a great, great performance. I mean, the first half was a, a great performance. It's It was not as close as a commentator tried to let us think it was. I don't even think Motherwell had a shot at goal. Given the shot on target in the first half, so uh, it was good. A bad, a bad of a couple of goals again. Kyogo finally getting getting that goal. I think that meant meant a lot to him as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll see him hopefully maybe kick on. It's mad to think. I think like even though Kyogo's no been up to his standards, I think he's still either a joint or top goal scorer or something for the season. It's it's mental. But uh, I was it was a great cup tie, and then. We've just got another awkward joke now. We find because we can't even say we've got Motherwell in the quarterfinals. <laughs> ah, it's just need to be coming. That's that's one for the group chat. The, the viewers will not get that one. <laughs> but um, aye, it, it's a cup tie, eh? and you're away from home. Sometimes it's just about getting getting the win, getting getting the result. But the, I I thought they gave the performance as well as the result, and that's two in a row now. Eh, Tough game on uh, a Samora, isn't it? Aye. Um, yeah, tough game tomorrow at Tynecastle on paper anyway, but Hearts haven't been hitting the heights. But we'll touch touching that a bit later. Uh, sticking with the Motherwell game, um, I'll just come back to you, Franny. Uh, in terms of like player performances, I think there's nowhere better to start than uh, Seagrist. Obviously, he's came in. It, it looks to me like he's going to be the cup keeper. Uh, I, th- I thought he'd done okay in the game. I thought he probably had one good save in the second half. Uh, for me, he looked quite assured in the first half. A few hairy moments in the second half with the ball at his feet. How did you think it went in, in terms of his performance? Uh, just, it, it was a hard one, really, to judge him because uh, like saves, I, I don't really think he had any, any big <coughs> saves that he really had to had to make <clears throat> uh, Motherwell didn't really threaten in that sense but what he had to do he, he dealt with fine I totally agree I think on the ball he just he looked a bit bit dodgy but then that could just be down to sharpness it is only his, like it's his second game or something I think for us like you say I think he's only played another cup game so uh, it was at the ball at his feet it was a wee bit dodgy at times but I remember just got to cut him some slack and say it was down to sharpness but he's not playing at all but I everything else it was it was a hard one for for you to say maybe obviously with Joe Hart like I'm I'm not <coughs> one trying to suggest we drop Joe Hart it's, it's just mad but I know we obviously know he was making some errors and stuff in games but it would have and probably in a weird way Seagrass was probably wanting more to do in that game to try and stake his claim because it's obviously it is hard for a, a number two essentially to get get in the team so he was maybe maybe Motherwell will be more like a better better performance for Motherwell but uh, it, was, it was a steady steady enough game for him and I suppose he'll be happy with the clean sheet as well Aye uh, he definitely will be I mean I don't know it's like you say you can't make a, a proper judgement just going off a single game for to say for to turn around and say he should be in the team before mm-hmm. heart is is bizarre to me. Aye, you, you need to see a runny games, and it's it's not going to happen unless Hart has a proper a runny games, games where he's sorry. proper bad, and he has made the odd mistake. But over the piece, 
I think Joe Hart has performed really well for us. Uh, I don't know what you think about that, Stephen. But before I go any further, can I just answer back to Kieran and say the reason the buttons are big is because it isn't just a shirt, it's an overshirt. <laughs> oversized buttons and the heating's off so that's why one is wearing the overture but uh, Stephen Joe Hart uh, um, sorry not Joe Hart, Seagrest his performance on the night and just obviously touching on a lot of the fan base have said that they, they, in their opinion they think Seagrest should be in a heady heart uh, just what you think on that well, I mean, the, the ironic thing that you said is the only way we're going to judge Seagrass that he gets games, and the only way he gets games is playing ahead of Joe Hart. So I know I know what you're saying there. It's kind of one of them ones, can you drop Joe Hart to take the risk with Seagrass? I think what Why you get to Seagrass is... You only drop him, sorry. You only drop high. him if he's not performing. Yeah, which I'm going to, which I'm going to come on to in a wee second. But um, the, what you get with Seagrass is, is a good, solid backup goalkeeper. I think we all knew that from his time at, at Dundee United. I like the whole cup goalkeeper thing. I think it's good to see him get game time, both in the Scottish Cup and, and the League Cup, and usually around the semis or finals when we get into them, but probably revert back to, to Joe Hart. But we'll, we'll see anyway. But I, I like Sigurdsson. He's tall. I mean, he, he's good. He, the presence is good in the box. He comes for cross balls, and he made a great save. I thought Franny said he didn't have any important saves. I thought the, the save he made in the second half against their uh, player, Penny, was really important because that came from uh, an angle. Where I, I don't think he got a full like side of the ball and he put his put his hand out and tipped it around the post and I thought it was a cracking save. So he, he was alert, he, he was sharp and he knew what he was doing there. I agree with the whole the ball at his feet at times. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> but, but we've said that with Joe Hart as well. I think it's pretty clear that both these keepers aren't the best when they're playing from the back. And I think even Joe uh, Postacoglu said that himself. It's, it's like a compromise sort of thing, but he, he still trains them to do, do the job and do it well. I, I like Seagrest, but the whole Joe Hart kind of debate, he kicked off around about the Shakhtar game in Europe and it's kind of went on and when the, the bad result against St. Mirren and a few hurry moments against other teams, I think it's it's all right to say he hasn't been the best. And I mean, no issue there. Maybe getting dropped from the team for that game, the cup game, he'll come back a wee bit reju- rejuvenated, a bit more confident in himself. Hanging, he needs to find that again. He's, he's a great goalkeeper. Everyone knows that. He's been fantastic for Celtic. And personally, I wouldn't drop him. I've not seen... Much of the fan base clamouring for Seagrass. I know uh, previously in other podcasts I said maybe it's give Seagrass a chance to see how it gets on, but I wasn't in plan dropping Joe Hart for the long run. I think Joe Hart's our number one and it's going to stay like that. But to have Seagrass to back up it fills me with confidence instead of having the likes of Scott Bain coming in or a young keeper like Oluwami, even though there's plenty of hopes around him. And we also had to factor in Connor Hazard. He's alone over in a, a club in Finland, I believe. And he just won their player of the year award from from the supporters. So he's been firing all cylinders over there. And he's going to come back from that loan spell full of confidence. So there's another great goalkeeper coming into the department. And only bodes well having that competition. I actually forgot about Connor Hazard. Uh, whether he'll be long-term at Celtic, I'm not sure. But if he's doing well, wherever he is. Is it out in loan, did you say? Uh, wherever aye, he is, he might, come back. Aye, he, he might come back. And he might be a different keeper. He might stake a claim, but at, at some point you're going to have to lose one, maybe two of them. Because uh, you, you, what is that? Five goalkeepers we're talking about there: Hart, Segrist, Bain, Bain, Oluwami, and Zeno still on loan. Zeno on loan. I think he is, Franny. Aye, 
I mean, that's six keepers, eh? Mm. Fucking hell, it's fairly in half. That's more than half of an outfield team. But you, you can maybe you can maybe look at it a different way as well. You could look at that like a like a plan for when Joe Hart eventually retires. You've got the likes mm. of Seagrass, Connor Hazard, and Scott Bain as your goalkeeper department because Connor I Hazard see. is still quite he's still quite young. He's only 23, 24. He's been playing for the the Northern Ireland international team at, at different points as well. So. He has pedigree about him. And for me personally, when he played for us in them games, he didn't do much wrong. Obviously, it was during the whole uh, season, the COVID season. He got his chance in the, the, I think he played the League Cup semi-final and final, I believe. And he mm-hmm. won the trophy with us on, on that day. So there is potential about him. I mean, for me, what I've seen, he, I mean, can't I say too much about all the, um, whatever, all the whammy. All whatever. Can't say much about him. I've not seen a lot of him. Bits and bobs, I've seen a Hazard, Bain. Well, we know Bain isn't he good enough to be the Celtic number one. He had a wee spell. Uh, for me, the only one at the moment that you could possibly think could take over for Joe Hart would be Segrist. I don't think any of the other ones mentioned could, but could or the, shoot. What's, could or, huh? what's the most ironic thing there? Who's the best in, the, in that goalkeeping department with the ball at their feet? Scott Bain, by Aye. And all the other aspects. Aye. Well, he falls I mean, short. that COVID season, he, he does fall short. It, he's okay. He, he came in a couple of times last season and done a bit of a job for us, but you were never like, oh, it's all right, Bain's and goals. But uh, was... on Wednesday night, you were like, oh, it's all right, Seagrass is in. Seagrass, yeah. Not that Hart got dropped or he was injured. It was, it's, that's just what Andrew's doing. He's going to be the cup goalkeeper. But, I mean, obviously we've got a semi-final against Kilmarnock, Franny. Uh, would you be happy? Like, on paper, if we beat Kilmarnock, you would expect him to maybe get Rangers in the final. For talking's sake, if we do that, would you be happy for Segrist to play the semi-final and the final? Uh, I would be. I would, I would want him to play the final, but it's one of them. They would then be going... He's not played for a... I don't know how soon the final is after <coughs> the, the semi-final. It could be four or five weeks. And you're like, he's yeah. not played for four or five weeks. I probably... I, the now, I would say, yeah, I would I would prefer Seagrass if he's played in every other round. Fairly would deserve his place in the final. Mm-hmm. But if it's... There's like been four or five games in between them playing the semi-final and the final, I'm maybe going to say... I'd probably get a different answer at the time saying, no, we need to play hard. It's, it's consistency. you possibly playing Rangers I think if it's I would want to my my heart wants to say Seagrass but I think I would say heart if it's Aberdeen I would be like I just put Seagrass in and I think that's a wee bit disrespectful to him aye it's, it's, it's one of them a I wee would, bit I just a wee bit eh? I know <laughs> but I, I, I fully I, I fully understand what you're saying aye. like I want, I want it, to say Seagrass when he's got us through there but aye. it's, it's if it's any other team in the same. final, you go, right, Aye. okay, go for it. But it's Rangers, you lose that game. Not I'm not saying Seagrass it's going to be Seagrass fault, but people <laughs> will look to it and go, Aye. should we have played that? That's this, I would play Benji in the semis, but not the final because if you made a mistake. Just, just what well, that's, aye, aye. Just aye. Like what Ross is saying. Me and Egyptian king are like, oh, man. <laughs> 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 aye, it's, it's a tough one. Aye. But, then you have to sort of caveat with if you 
if you don't play him in that big game, what does it do for his confidence? Uh, it's D8, D8, it could be a game where the other side of the coin, he could have a stormer. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not saying oust that, but you don't know. What about yourself, Stephen? Would you, would you be tempted to play him in the final as well as the semi-final had, 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 if we get Rangers? I think it's, it comes down to as well, if you, if you have battle, do you know what I mean? You have to have a bit of bravery to make that decision to, to make, have Seagrass your cup. Yeah, exactly. To make Seagrass stay in throughout that run. I mean, I get the whole point where people are saying there could be a mistake or whatever. He could have a shocker, but Joe Hart could have a shocker. Mm-hmm. It's one of these positions that sometimes can just piss up against the wall and it all go wrong. I would just keep, I would keep Seagrass the cup goalkeeper and keep Hart for the European games and the, the league. I think that's a, that's a fair spread of games and, it, not only that as well, if you're trying to put confidence in the Seagrest for coming years, for example, and you're dropping them for semis or finals, it doesn't really bode well because he, he wants the team to trust him and trust his abilities. And I'm sure he, he trains really well every day. And with Stevie Woods, a goalkeeping coach, they all have a, a plan together and Posta Cone to keep an eye on that. And I, I would keep him in. I think for him going forward at Celtic, that would be a great move. And I, I know you could say at the moment, regardless of results, yes. When you have these bad results, you're going to have reactions and knee jerk like like myself all the time about hot headed with what I say. But from from my point of view, I would keep Seagrest in. I don't think there's an issue with that. Joe Hart for me is a great goalkeeper, but I like the cup goalkeeper system. It gives them a chance, and it also gets the team used to him. For just for example, if Joe Hart had to miss a period of games, you're not nervous in the league. You know, is coming in to replace him, which I think is a great fit. Last uh, I think you make a good point there, and. While I understand what Franny's saying, I I would probably have to go away playing him in both games regardless because he has played them. He's obviously told them, you're coming in, first season, the rematch will be, you're coming in as my, my cup goalkeeper, certainly for the League Cup anyway, mm-hmm. and then see how you progress from there, see what's happening with Joe Hart. And it, it's it's a bit like the team, in a sense, for when Ange came in, where it's a ladder effect, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that'll maybe be the same with Seacrest. Whether he'll be the number one when Hart goes is another question that we'll, we'll be able to answer in time. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, moving on to another uh, performer. Uh, I thought he had a really good game in the night. Um Stephen Aaron Moy, um, he's playing a bit more advanced than the. Was it, no, it's just Stephen's face. Yeah. He's had a. He's had a. It's no like because you said you were underwhelmed and you weren't. You weren't having it in that. It's just based on his performance the other night. He, the last two games, he's playing a more advanced role. He rarely gives the ball away. I think we all know that. We've seen it enough times and he's substituting uh, substitution appearances and he starts for the most part barring maybe St Marin was probably his poorest game, but it was a lot of players' poorest game in a Celtic jersey. But uh, I'm not for a second saying he, he would be making a, or stating a claim for that one of the best in that first choice midfield three. Uh, but are you are you coming round to him and how how do you think he done uh, on Wednesday night? I thought he done well. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I really do. I thought he played the game well. I like him 
be an advance because he's far too slow for that number six role. He's he's horrendous when he runs. Like honestly, it's like he's stuck in slow motion. But it is passing. <laughs> Alistair Stevens' face as I like holding on <laughs> onto his shake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think further advanced, you can get the best out of him from like getting into the box from late runs and p- picking players out. And he's got a couple of assists as well. And I think he's been denied basically two goals. One, Kyogo blocked them against Hibbs, and the other one, I think one of our players blocked ahead their goalkeeper, but he should have had a goal at least in one of them games. <clears throat> yeah, he's been he's been playing good. I think he brings a, an, an experience to the, to the team, which we talked about when he came on in the, the latter part of games to see games through, which I still think that's probably his best kind of thing when we have our full mid-feedback, like some McGregor and people like that. But for now, like, I think he's, he's excellent. And He's passed it well. McGranda, who's watching, he, he loves him in terms of his range of passing and the way he gets in about the game. He's, he's non-stop. He, I say he's slow, but he covers the ground well. He gets to places and you're like, how are you getting there when you're on like RoboCup? But um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's he is a, he's been playing well. He's, he's been linking up a play. And what I like about him as well, he's not one-dimensional the way he picks a player out. He can, he can play the fizz ball or he can loft it over the top or a nice wee chip into a player's feet. And yeah, he's been he's been doing well. I, I like the fact that him and O'Reilly have a good link up as well because mm-hmm. we all thought O'Reilly would be the one pushed up more with Moy sitting, but for me O'Reilly and he's took his game to another level playing at number six and all these subs <laughs> they're, they're going to be they're just going to be sniffing around him even more. But yeah, our Moy back to him. He's been playing well. Have to say, aye, aye. Uh, just touching on O'Reilly, it's absolutely mental. Like I, I have to laugh because, like. Like others, like you, we, we, we Moy, I've sort of uh, humble pie a wee bit in the sense mm. that and the first time uh, O'Reilly got used in the number six role, I can't mind what game it was. I can't mind now, but before it, I had said, oh, Hatate will be playing deeper because mm. he's better in the tackle and stuff like that. And Anthony was like, oh, it might be O'Reilly. And I was like, like basically shut it down. Like, we better know about it. And I was like, that's not got to happen. He'll not play there. And he's came in and played that role. Brilliant. Uh, going back to Armoy, uh, coming to yourself, Rani, just on how you thought he performed on the night uh, and what you think his sort of role in the team will be throughout the season. Do you think, he'll, do you think he can make a... I don't, but do you think he could stake a claim for that one of the bursts in the sort of first choice midfield three? I, I don't, because I, th- I know obviously McGregor's out till after the World Cup, um, but I think our, our strongest midfield three is McGregor, Hattati and O'Reilly, so I don't I don't see any of them three dropping out for Moy. But that being said, the other night, like at, at the time when we we signed him, or I think we'd done the podcast just as it was it was just before it was announced and things, I understood this. I was I didn't matter. I was totally underwhelmed by it, but I understood the signing. It made sense. Like we knew he was a decent player. Obviously, Ange knew him. It's a, a player he can trust and things like that. Uh, but I the other night it was it was just spraying the passes about Brighton Lakes. He, and in that advanced role, which he seems to be playing in the last couple of games, he's picking. He's like finding himself in nice wee pockets, and because he's got that good range of passing, is uh, that's how he's obviously getting his assists because players are known they can make that run and they'll likely find him out. He's 
Like, in no way am I comparing him to Modric, but it's kind of what he's doing. He just seems to find wee pockets of space and pops a ball away. I've, I'm not saying well, he's as good as Modric. No, I know. I know. It's, the way it's he funny seems to, to hear that in the uh, same breath. It's the way he seems to play, but I think, I mean, I'm totally going to totally doubled in on him because in the sense I've almost like I've seen him and Modric in the same breath but at the same time I'm just going to say I don't see him being a regular starter when we've got Aye. full sort of comp uh, full I read Modric <laughs> when we've got a full uh, uh, quota uh, midfield players so it's he might have got the Modric quote but is Modric isn't getting on the team <laughs> no man, that's funny. But that that one for uh, Phil there's an uh, absolute topper. I love a good pun, and he's nailed that. <laughs> absolutely superb. But uh, sorry, thrown me a wee bit. <laughs> I was half, I was listening to you, and then I, I lost what you were saying. Uh, just laughing at that. But um, uh, I'm not saying he's got his mortgage. No, I know, I know. How I, we get it? We get it. We get it. Totally know what you're saying. Uh, yeah. I can't, I was gonna bounce off you there, but I've absolutely no idea what you said. <laughs> Step away from the beer. <laughs> we'll move on. We are in Moy, Aaron Moydrich. This is that. This could get the podcast shut down, man. <laughs> uh, absolutely. We'll move on. To, <laughs> I'll come back to you, Franny. We'll move on to Haksabanovic. Um, thought he done all right in the night as well. Uh, I, I think he he could possibly have the best first touch in our team. His, his first touch, is he just kills it stone dead. Uh, he's very direct. I think he's a, a, a total Ange... Aaron Moistorovic. Uh, I think he's a total Ange player. Uh, again, just what you thought of his performance on the night. And just him in general this season so far, how you think he's done? Uh, certainly the last few games, he... I think he's shown why why we've brought him in. I, I think we tried to get him last season, but I don't know what happened. But I don't think we actually my So it shows we, mm-hmm. we kept an eye on him. Obviously, I've taken advantage of the situation with the Russian teams, but it's to think that we've got this guy in a five-year deal is absolute madness. And I think, what is he? He's about 23, 24? Mm-hmm. So 23. He's a, he has a good age. So obviously, if he has a good, like, not wishing the guy away, but the length of his contract and if he continues this sort of form up because he's even I think he's been good in Europe as well like the wee cameos he had in Europe like he obviously came on it against Real Madrid and he was I think the game was at 2-0 at the time anyway so it was it was almost a free hit to an extent for him but he was he was willing to attack the defence and in that number 10 role he looks really really good obviously played it wide on Wednesday but again performed really well I just think he's a real proper European class type player he's like you say he is an Ange player he's attack it's, it always seems to be going forward and again he's got you he can see that see that pass like obviously had the one way uh, I think it was Kyogo the header that Kyogo probably should have scored in, not obviously Wednesday but the, the game yeah, prior and Leipzig, stuff Leipzig game, uh, Leipzig game I. so he's got the range of passing he's got the ability to go by players and all that's really missing I mean I dare say he's claiming this OG than now against Kilmarnock, but I, I think once he gets a goal, he might just, he might start getting, getting more goals and just going a run. But I'm really excited to see this guy going forward. Now he's he's really impressed me the last sort of three four games. I I have to agree with that. I think technically, he's he's very very good. Maybe not at the Jota level. I think 
Oh, he maybe lacks technically, technically as good as Jota. Aye, easy. Aye? I'd say, yeah. Mm, so I think Jota's technically a, a bit better than him. I, listen, it's all about opinions, that's what you think. I, I feel Haksabanovic, he looks a really good player. I think he lacks pace for the way this uh, Celtic team play, but I, th- I think he's better in the sort of 10 role where he's paced he doesn't need to utilise pace as much, but he sees that pass. He can take the ball in the half turn and stuff like that. So I think he can play that position very well. I think I think he can play out, out wide domestically very well as well. But I think if we're playing a European game and we're, we're going to play him, it would have to be in the 10 role for me. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that, Stephen, and just obviously his performance uh, against Marwell. Yeah, I mean, go back to the, the Jada point. <clears throat> what, I, what I mean is, Jada is that a, wasn't about Ashley. Player. That's me. It's no, me but yeah, the pod but, but, no, <laughs> I'm like, uh, listen to me. Listen to me, you fucking <laughs> dickhead. Right, but um, yeah, but back to what you were saying about Jada. For me, Haxabanovich is technically as good as Jada, in my opinion, for what he can provide in terms of cross balls and assists and things. Jada takes it to a new level because he's got the speed and he he's got that burst of pace to go past the player and, and take players out of the game, which puts him on a bat like a better footing for me, but. Haxabanovic, it's like a player that every, like, I don't know, like Scandinavian or Russian European team has one of these luxury type players who can just pull a win from nowhere or bring a bit of magic into, into the pits. And for me, Haxabanovic is that type of player. And I think he made a, a great point in, in terms of <clears throat> he, does, he he has a burst of pace, right? Let, let's get that. Anyway. Two yards, probably, he, he gets pa- past the pair and he either crosses a ball or gets a shot. And he can do it with both feet, which is fantastic. But what you also get with him as well is intelligence. And he, he's 23, but for me, he plays like a 30-year-old. He gets in pockets of space. He can drag players out of position. And the way he's linked up with Burnaby and Taylor over the last two games, two different left-backs, have been fantastic. And when, when he's playing in the 10 as well, he has to link up with Atate. And he's on the wavelength of all them players, and it's great to see. And I think he's probably one of the missing links when you're trying to find the likes of Kyogo making them deep runs which you were all frustrated about before, that no one was finding him. I think Haxabanovic is that man probably to do that because he crossed a couple of cracking balls in for him, which he should have finished. And uh, the, the way he takes the ball, as you said, his technical ability, controlling it, he's got a wee flick, a couple of step overs, and he, he's strong. He's really strong as well, which is great to see. He doesn't get pushed off the ball easily. And I know my, my, comments, rap, my comments reference, you agree with me, with me Ross, and I still, stick by, I still stick by that. And I think he, he is similar to him. Obviously, but from my opinion, he's a bit better, obviously. But when goals come and stuff like that, he'll be he'll be miles better better than him. But uh, yeah, he, he seems to be a guy who's bought into Celtic from the get go. And as I said, he's one of these players who's dynamic, and you don't know what you're going to get. He's a bit aloof, as people like to say. He's just one of these characters, and when teams need <laughs> teams need uh, teams need players like him. And when he gets our first goal, I know he got their own goal and all that stuff, and he, he'll take off. His confidence will go up another level and he'll just be shown off at times and him and Yada made a fucking abada on do you know what I mean? That Aye. that's scary in the at domestic level. Obviously he still needs to improve for European level, but domestically that's scary. Aye. I mean the, the names you've just mentioned there were absolutely loaded with wingers. Uh, millions of choice. We've got two strikers as well, I think. 
Kyogo, eh, no Kyogo, um, Giacomacus is the one out and out guy that can't move for that central position. Uh, but I, I don't know what you think. I don't know what you think, Franny. Do you think possibly January? I don't think it's paramount, but I would have liked to have seen it in the summer. It's difficult because we've already got two high quality strikers in mm-hmm. there. Do you think we need a third just to help us? Help us along the way, Jack and Marcus frightens me every time he falls to the ground, man. Ah, uh, no, I oh, st- yeah, yeah. It, it just feels like Jack and Marcus has carrying some sort of injury because like, you've seen that one on Wednesday where it's like I think he just played the pass in, it was running, and he went down with a sword back, and you're like, I just didn't want, didn't want, I thought it was like a hammy or something, he just like pulled up, eh? But aye, uh, but it's like you say, he's just getting worried every time you see him go down because he's, he's kind of coming into a wee bit of form now, and we've kind of all been advocating for him to get a start and things like that and wanting to get, get this run and feel he deserves it. But I, th- I think, I think, it, I, I do think we should go out and get someone in January, whether that be just a loan deal for six months mm-hmm. just to try and see us throughout the summer because we know January can be a tricky time to get get maybe the, the actual player, the number one target you want. And like a loan guy might actually suit Super so want not that Ange, I think, brings something to be a third choice striker, but we all know that Kyogo and Giacomacus are probably his first two, and maybe a lone player's just looking to get some game time. <laughs> what was that? Is your hamstring, isn't it? Your back. I know that. I'm saying initially, before I seen him holding his back, he pulled up like it was a hamstring. <laughs> but uh, we all know, and it was evident it wasn't it, because your hamstring is clearly in your chest. <laughs> uh, but, hey. I, I, do, I, I would like us to go and get someone whether that be on a permit but I think a loan initially might work better because it's somebody that will know, know the role because I think if you if touch wood it doesn't happen if Kyogo and Giacomacus do get injured at the same time obviously we were, we were lucky if you can say lucky last season when one was injured the other one was fit and both stepped Aye. up to the plate but if the two of them got injured I mean, I know Abada's numbers are ridiculous, but I wouldn't. And he had a couple of games last season where he had to play there out in necessity. I didn't want to get to the stage where it's we need to play like an Abada or a Maeda through the middle. I would love it to be a natural striker because I think I think Abada and Maeda they're, they're wingers, and I don't I don't want to be in a situation where it's. The unfortunate situation with Jack and Marcus and Kyle going at the same time, and we're having to play in a bad arm either. Through the, maybe if it's one or two games, you might get away with it. But I would, I would prefer us to bring someone in to, just to make me feel a wee bit comfier. Uh, I mean, I think the the general consensus and the comments and that are, are sort of agreeing with you there, Franny. And I would, I would agree with you as well. I think we do need a third striker. But again, possibly, like you've said, alone. It's very difficult to get somebody. I don't know if we can get somebody that's going to be off the level of the two we've got, or if we're very lucky, could we get somebody that that's is better. going to be the number one, which would be amazing. But again, in January, it's difficult to do. But I think Ange, I don't know when it was, I think he'd sort of alluded the other day, and some quote, I'm sure it was Anthony, had shared it in the group saying that they're already. Ken, the way they done their business in January last year was beneficial for us, and they're looking to do that again. Uh, so, I mean, 
hopefully that happens, Stephen. But uh, are you sort of in agreement with everybody <clears> that we, we need that third striker, whether it be a loan deal or a guy to really push for that number one spot? No. I, I, I don't... I... I don't. I, we don't need one. It's not a. It's not an emergency for me in terms of no, a no. first trigger. And I know. I get what you're saying in terms of the overall depth in case uh, Jack and Magus and Q would do get injured. Touch wood, <clears> don't. <throat> but I think Patrick Patrick McLaughlin makes a great point. If I can go back to it, we need a centre back who can step in for CCV. We need a stronger centre midfielder. That's the areas I think we need stronger players in. I, I think we need like a Jack and Magus type midfielder. Abelgard come on against Motherwell, he, he just looked absolutely terrible. I don't know what's going on with him, because he looked all right in the European game. They come on, maybe it's fitness or whatever, but just didn't look good. But go back to the, the striker point of view, I think what Pasta Caldu is doing, and Franny, you alluded to it, but then you kind of dismissed it as well. Meda and Abada can play there, and they've scored goals in that position. So effectively, you've got two out-and-out strikers, and then two who can fill in, who have scored goals for us playing that central position. Abada scored up in Dingwall last season when we had that crisis. I think he got like three goals in two games been that position so he has a knack for it and he scored twice there against Motherwell finding space in the box made it with his speed again something you could take advantage of in that central position and I think even Haxa Banavis to a certain extent if you play him closer as a 10 with the likes of Amada or Abada I mean he's pinging through balls them all day for pace so I don't necessarily think we need another striker there's other areas of the pitch we definitely need to focus on striker for me you've got two out and out and then four effectively you can play the role we're kind of covered for me, like. So let me ask you this uh, then. Sorry. Uh, 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 that's cool. Jack and Marcus the Kyle got it for six to eight weeks. Are you happy with a bad in my through the middle? Yeah. Mm. Nah, it's not yeah. I mean, what well, you're saying there, Franny, is highly unlikely that both of you boot for that length of yeah. time. But I, know. I understand your point. But in terms of Stephen's argument, that's at an extreme situation. So Aye. I know where he's got like. I know where he's coming for, and I say I know where you're coming for too. Uh, but in terms of what you're talking about there, Stephen, someday to come in and replace CCV, I think it's very difficult. Celtic have tried for I don't know when Van Dyke left. Maybe ten years ago, mm-hmm. was it? Maybe as much as I'm yeah, not sure. Right, we right. Celtic have been trying for ten years to get someday Carter, a, Vickers. Carter Vickers. Out, and they've finally got it. They're not going to get someday like that, in my opinion, to come in and be able to replace them. I think we've got Jens, and we've got a when Starfield comes back. I think if Carter Vickers gets injured, I think I would be happy with Starfield and Jens as a a partnership, not long term. But Mm -hmm. for me, if we could argue until the cows come home, it it's it's all about opinions. You, you could always strengthen the squad everywhere because you want to get better, you want to get to that next level. I agree with you, the striker isn't an emergency, but if we could get business done on it, I would be looking to do that. Again, that, excuse me, that defensive midfield area, I agree with you, I would like to see us strengthening that, but then you look at it and you go, you've got Adeguchi, you've got McCarthy, you've got Abelgard, you've got uh, Matt O'Reilly who's playing it. Sometimes Armoy can come in and play that, although he does look better further forward. We've got about six options there and it's like, uh. how many players can you actually have? Eh? But, I mean, moving on for that, 
I can sense it already. We're forty-four minutes in. This is going to be another bloody long podcast. I don't know. I don't know why with me, but uh, I'll maybe skip a few of the topics just to get through it. But, um, no, no, no. <laughs> try, to compete with, try to compete with the nostalgia here, I think. I can't, eh? I can't, help, I can't compete with that. That's proper knowledge that falls down. But I um, just meant the length, Ross. I meant the length for the podcast. All right, aye. Yeah, I was getting a bit of a big head there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, so we'll move on to the, the goals. Uh, come to yourself, Stephen Onabada's first, uh, made by Gregory. What was that comment? It was uh, the Boise bus trapping a light guy. Sorry, I can't hang around. Hope the show goes well. Oh. Cheers, mate. Um, about this first goal, Stephen, uh, made by Gregory, came at a perfect time. Talk us mm-hmm. through just the goal itself. Well, I mean, Moy took a smack to the gub, <laughs> didn't he? He went down. Half a to, that, eh? He played the ultimate distraction. He just lay down on his and just uh, passed it out. Greg Taylor takes a fancy of it. Ping's a lovely ball, and he played one to uh, Haxabanovich, wasn't Hacks it? He got it back. Match, yeah. Ah, was I? And, he, and then Abadam made that deep <clears> run, and the, the mother of the from Napping, he just went bang, found the space, ran into it, finished it. Uh, it was a great goal because, a bit controversial, like, I didn't think Abadam played all that great up until his goals. I really didn't. He gave the ball away a lot, and he was getting into positions when he wasn't picking the right pass or he was hitting the ball and it was just going out of play and good for corner kicks and that. But his, his two goals are sublime. The first one, Greg Taylor, I'm starting to love him. It's, it's annoying me because I wanted not to like him. But he's, he's, oh, he's, I know. he's a he's a great, great, great player. And he gives us all. And albeit he doesn't have the quality to be a top-level left-back or whatever. But see, for, for us at this moment in time, the way he's playing the game, and what I'm loving as well, is the competition of the places. Because you look at Burnaby's performance, who, who actually played really well, by the way. And then Greg Taylor comes in. He's up this game, I think, because he's getting in in possession to find them assists again. And then Abada, after Forrest gets the hat trick, Abada gets two. Aye. What? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's gone up. It's gone up. I know. You just it's like like you say, you Forrest gets a hat trick and you think he's got to play the next game. And then Abada comes in and you're like, Well, okay, Abada's still good, and then he gets two, and you're like, Well, Abada's really good. But uh, touching on what you sort of said there I, I don't think Abada had that great a game either <laughs> uh, but he gives you what he gives you and that is yeah. goals he's, he's, his numbers are ridiculous man it, oh, it's, yeah. it's mental for a guy his age he can't beat a man he's no go a great shot he doesn't really connect with the ball that great when he's got time to think about it and he's through one and one with the goalie, you're not backing him. No. But if he's got no time at all, like the two goals he scored the other night, it's in the net, and he's away celebrating, and we're up 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, whatever it is. But uh, <sighs> moving on to the, the second goal, Franny. Uh, who, who was the second goal again? <laughs> Hopefully it was, it was a battle again. again. That was a, oh, was so it was I. It was I. Yeah. So because I'll be honest right now, I cannot remember it. It was the one very. Uh, well, I'll talk you through it then more. <laughs> it was the one uh, where Hatati does that wonderful reverse pass, and then it comes. It sort of comes back out. Juranovic has a shot, 
keep our parties oh, aye, 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 aye. Yeah. and just take the reins, kid, go for it. <laughs> and then it just alludes to what you were saying about a badder. How it's just instinct is is clinical when it's instinct, but obviously, just, and he always seems to find himself in in the right place and things like that. But I was, I, I, I mean, like a badder's number. Like we've said it plenty of times. Don't you watch football with your eyes and know my numbers, and you can get distracted by them and things, but. Like a badder does have poor performances, but his numbers are ridiculous for his like mm-hmm. goals and stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's for a 20, 21 year twenty year old or whatever. You're like, this is actually unbelievable his numbers, and it's one of the guys you've have just got to say, well, I know if you look at him, you can watch some games. You're like, how is like he was hopeless, but he's popped up with two goals. He yeah. just always finds himself in the right place at the right time. He's great at ghosting in at that back post. Right, that's and the one. And obviously, the second, aye, <laughs> and obviously, on Wednesday night, he was just he was in and about just uh, the space and just gets gets luck at the ball, breaks to them off off the keeper and stuff. Uh, but I was, it was it was a nice goal. Just like you say, instinct is a bad as forty when it when it comes to scoring. <clears throat> I, I totally agree with you. He's got time in the ball. You're not really backing to either beat the man or beat the ball. It's is better. Instinct, aye. Aye. I think he's just kind of got to be be off the cuff. But like Yakimakis that way, isn't it? Aye. That was, I, 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 I know what you're saying, aye. in a different way, but... Aye. It, aye. It's, it's, he does that one-touch finish sort of thing, mm-hmm. but he can also... If he's got time, he, he'll also find the net. But aye. that's because he is an out-and-out goal scorer. Abada isn't he quite that. And by the way, through time, Abada might add that composure to his game, but Right now, he just he, he plays on he plays on the edge, he plays off the cuff, and long may it continue because he's he's doing the business in a Celtic jersey right now, and you kind of complain at that. Uh, I'll just come back to you, Franny. Uh, moving on to the third goal, don't know if you can mind that one. I can remember that one. Mind that one? Aye, you're right. Aye. Right, mm-hmm. good. We'll move on. <laughs> uh, so Hatati, it's Hatati gets it. It's a a cheeky. Sublime finish. Uh, he's just got it, uh, the guy, isn't he? But what, what did you think of his goal and just his, his overall per- performance in the match? Uh, his goal, like, at first I sort of was like, I see that's just done what I think he's done there. And just like, taking that wee touch away from the goal. Well, it does take it away from the goalkeeper, but I think it's just, it's. I think the touch is more to put the goalkeeper off as opposed to taking it away. So I think it's just, Normally, you're, sometimes you're saying like if that's a bad or Yakimakis, it's they're not taking that extra touch. But he he takes it to compose himself and put the put the keeper off. But he, he done that we the sort of way where he rolls the defender. He loves it's a I think he loves doing it. I know mm-hmm. it was killing you in the Leipzig game, Ross, because oh. I think he gave the ball away about three times trying that. Yeah, he tried that a couple of times. There wasn't enough pace in the ball to do it, man. And he's trying to roll the guy. The ball's there, and I'm like, wait, are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, so I Wednesday. He got away with doing it, done it. I, I suppose it might be a wee bit easier because it was in the box. The defenders kind of got to be a wee bit more cautious, I guess. They, they giving away a foul in the middle of the park. Players can maybe bring in a wee bit, and it's a foul. It's a foul. But it was just that the wee rules the defender and just that wee drag, and then just hitting it instantly with his left foot. It was it's absolutely class. And I just think this season, even and especially since McGregor sort of got injured. 
I think Atati's really stepped up in the middle of the park. I know mm. we, we spoke about O'Reilly dropping mm-hmm. it to six and has, has stepped up, but I think Atati's proper set, I think he's an absolute proper, proper football player. Really, like to think yeah. we got him for about a million pounds. It doesn't even get in the Japanese squad. We've said it a hundred times. Their midfield must be brilliant. I know, I know we're kind of biased when it comes to him, but their midfield must be brilliant if he's not even in the squad. Because I think they actually released their, their World Cup squad today and he's not even made it. And you're like, plus it's mental. How he's is probably getting omitted for the gum shield, though, to be fair. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it could be something to do with that. But uh, the guy, for me, is an absolute proper, proper baller. And like, he's even doing it in the European games. He's, he's the one that I think has shown a bit of confidence. I know against Leipzig, it wasn't really coming off from, but he's always trying, I feel, the hard, difficult passes, trying to break mm-hmm. the lines. And sometimes it doesn't come off and it's you're maybe up the park and getting caught out because players have gambled and he's not actually managed to make the pass. But I've been really, really I've been really impressed with him since he came in. But this season especially I think he's he's started flying. I just he's arguably my most my favourite player now. And it's mm-hmm. it's a weird one because I, I I love Jack Marcus, man. Uh, uh, listen, uh, I love him too. He's he's fucking brilliant, man. I could watch him playing football all day and bullying defenders. But uh, you, you said something about Hatati there. Uh, like he tries a more difficult pass, he, even in the big games. It doesn't matter who he's up against. We've seen it numerous times. I think that's why one of the main reasons why he's he's for the most part in the team because mm-hmm. he'll maybe miss out Ken like that, that easy pass. Mm-hmm. And he'll miss out one man, and then you've took yep. a defender out the game, and you're in before you know it. I think that's what he brings to the team. Uh, but we'll move on to the the final goal, Stephen. Come to yourself. Uh, round off the goals was Kyogo. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a he had a few earlier chances. Uh, I think he had the one the one that gets squared across by Hatate. The keeper comes out to him, but he puts it just by the post. He's got the other one. He's had the one, the curler, off the bar. Mm-hmm. Then he's had another one in the first half. What was it? Yeah, oh, it was he the... Can you break him? And then uh, Kelly gets yeah. it to him really quick. Uh, and then, finally, he gets the chance. Uh, but he, he, he can't miss, really. Uh, I think... It's weird to say it, right? Because I think he has been, he's lost form a wee bit. Mm-hmm. A, a drought, I'm not so sure. I, I think that was four games or something he hadn't he scored for them. That's not a drought by any standards. <laughs> but uh, I, I think you've seen the way he celebrated the goal. I think he felt he needed it just for a confidence. I think even at the end of the game when he done Ange put him back over to the fans, Ange can say it was either me or it was him. That's deflecting a wee bit. Ange done that. You needed that. You got your goal. Mm-hmm. Go and take the adulation for the fans. But just the goal itself, Kyogo's performance and his drought and uh, just like how, how you feel he's been in recent weeks and how you feel off the back of that goal going forward they'll be. I need to rewind. A that bit was a lot of questions. Because <laughs> I, I can't let I can't let this Hatate chat go without me saying about him. Because okay. I mean, by the way, Pat Marks did a Motherwell groundsman or groundswoman. That was 
the, the part was absolutely fantastic. I actually thought it was fucking artificial. It was that good. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And we're all used to had There's no sound. But uh, yeah, Hatate, Hatate for me, Neil's out here, like cards on the table, whatever. He's the best player in Scotland right now. I think he's absolutely fantastic. His all-round play, yes, he made mistakes in Europe, but again, you have to kind of counter that with him being in that stage for the first time. It did take him a wee while to get used to the pace of the Scottish game, and then he dipped off, and then he came back again. And this season, he's been absolutely firing. The passes he does, he can take players on, he can roll people. A bit like John McGinn would do with, with the backside, putting his back into them and rolling the player, and he's sublime on it. And See the way he took that goal? The composure he showed, the, the drag back, Skin the goalkeeper and then tap it in. Like, like in that, <laughs> yeah. that much space. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, see, to be honest, if he continues this kind of trajectory, you were talking about the um, likes of Haxabanovic, but he, for me, he could break the record transfer fee we could receive for a player. He's everything a European, a top European team needed a midfielder. He can pass, he can tackle, he can run. He's box to box. He can play multiple positions. He's played left back, left wing, forward. He's a brilliant player. He, yeah, he does have inconsistent times when he's dipping off, but seeing he's on form, oh, he's incredible. And no no, no players, no team can live with him, 100%. And I think By the way, Egyptian King... Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think he's tremendous as well. I fully agree with everything you've said there. And I, he's not the same as Petrov, but at times he reminds me a wee bit of him. He's tenacity and stuff like that. But, but for me... At the moment, I still think Petrov is a better player. And you're right. talking about him breaking the transfer record. This day and age, he possibly could. I look at Petrov, what he done in the Celtic team, and he went to Aston Villa. Hmm. That's an absolute shambles, by the way. He was oh, top, top drawer. Aye. But anyway, carry on. Uh, no, great comparison. Petrov was unbelievable for us in, in Europe as well, and, and the league. And he went for penals to Aston Villa in the end, which is just criminal. But as you said, the inflation of transfer fees and stuff like that, I thought you can pull in a, a, a wad load for somebody, to be honest, to kind of have seen him in terms of that. And Alistair Jack, like, he's a NACA type. Yeah, Egyptian king. I thought for Celtic is what we wanted for Minamino at uh, Liverpool, 100% as well. He was he was meant to be a great player, but he kind of tailed off there and he, he had to move on. But yeah, going to Kyogo. Kyogo, like, Willie spoke about it, I spoke about it. I don't think he's the most clinical player, and we've seen that. The kind of that he's not, he he definitely isn't. But what he does offer Celtic is a dimension up front that we don't get with likes of Jack and Marcus. We know all like the package we get with Jack and Marcus is fantastic, but Kyogo can dip off and play on the left, drift over and kind of find players in different positions and leg up the play. And see when I hear the likes of Stephen Cregan say that Kyogo's lost his spark, it makes me feel sick inside my stomach. That, a, that an absolute onion like him can comment on a player <laughs> like Kyogo. Onion. He is, he's a melon. Like Stephen Cregan has no, he shouldn't even be a coach. God have the kids he coaches. It's incredible. But um, Kyogo, the, the drought there yeah, was what, four or five games, whatever. But, and you can see it in his game that when he took, when he, against Motherwell, for example, he was snapping the chances. The one where he came in when Atate rolled the back to him, he's scoring up, he's scoring up. Puts it past, past the post, and other players are going to their shell, maybe just kind of drift out of the game and whatever. But he always kept looking for the ball. And to be fair to Postacoglu, 
usually around the 60th minute mark, he brings them on, but he kept them on because he wanted them to get that goal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people can point to maybe have a laugh and say, oh, you got an assist from a, and a bad shot off the post and he put an empty net, how can he miss? But it's getting in end positions when your confidence has been knocked multiple, multiple times. He's mm-hmm. still doing it. He still wants to be in, in the right area, in the round the box and score the goal. And he did. And I actually thought he was going to cry and he celebrated because he does, he does he's going I like this. And, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And hopefully uh, from now this moment, it kind of just puts him on an upward scale and he can just take the opportunities again, not panic, be more composed and be the Kyogo we know he can be because the whole talk about drought and losing the spark, guys like Stephen Craigner used to watch him, Keith Lasley playing from Motherwell, so he go fuck. Kyogo is <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Far better than anything they've ever had in their team. So, oh, up them. Aye, that, that's absolutely no doubt about that. And just sort of touching on, you'd said uh, about him not being that clinical and I, I've said that myself as well I, I totally agree with that for me I know he gets played as our central striker if you like most of the time he's not an out and out central striker Jack Amakis is but for the way we want to play Jack Amakis does a really good job and I love him and I think he should play far more than he does yeah, but I agree. The way we the way we want to play, I think you look at Liverpool, right? Kyogo's no an out and out striker. Liverpool, before they signed Nunes, had so much success for four or five years. They never had an out and out striker. They had Firmino, they had Salah, they had Mane. They could all go between that, the positions. Firmino that kind of pitches in your argument for a first striker, doesn't it really? Well, no, because I'm well, not saying he has to be an out and out striker. I know, he just I know, has I know. to be. Aye. So, take your pish back, kid. <laughs> 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 but, hey, aye, they've never had an out and out striker. It's only this season that the two top teams right up there. <laughs> aye, the two top teams, Man City and Liverpool, up until this season, well, no, maybe maybe not quite Man City because they did have Aguero. Let's let's be fair. But for a, a long period, Liverpool had a lot of success without an out and out striker. But anyway, Franny, just finishing on Kyogo yourself, his performance on the night and how you think his confidence going forward off the back of that goal, how you think he'll be going forward, do you think it will help him? Don't I know what the it... fuck I'm asking. <laughs> I, I think it will help. Really, I think he, I think he had lost a wee bit of confidence just because he was getting the chances. At, 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 like I'm in agreement, he isn't. It sounds silly considering the amount of goals he scored to say he's not the most clinical. Because he's not like in a badder where you'll be like, he's got plenty of time on the ball. He's got to miss it. Like I just think he has sometimes. <laughs> like I would put, I would say. Seven, eight times out of ten, one and one Kyogo will score, but there will be a couple of times he will he will miss his scores. It does seem like he'll score the harder chances at times as well. But I think Stephen made a great point. Obviously, he missed a couple of chances, like the one in the first couple of minutes where he puts it wide. Kyogo in form is burying that all day long, mm-hmm. and it would have been easy for him just to hide for the rest of the game. And but he always puts himself in these positions to miss a chance. I feel like. And then obviously gets his reward uh, near the end of it, be, be scoring, being in the right place at the right time, and you get you make your luck sometimes. So, I I think he I think he'll push on. I thought uh, Postecoglou pushing him back to the fans was 
a class bit in man- management. That will obviously help his confidence. I think, like, Kyogo, as much as it doesn't come across, I think he is a... Every player, probably every top player, likes a wee bit of an ego, sort of, a, get their ego massaged. And I think that was maybe what Postacog was doing, just saying, like, fans are still here saying, go and, go and have a wee moment with them, like, go mm-hmm. and do the... The wee dance that he, he dances like a win when he does it right enough. I mean, I'm, I've not got much coordination with him on the dance floor, but I think I could. It's just Kyle goes out the last man. But I thought I thought that was class for Poster Cogot. Just just massage his ego a wee bit and give him a boost going into the weekend. Aye, de- definitely. I, I, we'll touch on it later. Our lineups and stuff. I don't know if he'll start or no, mm-hmm. but. Uh, We'll come on to that later. <laughs> but uh, we'll move on to... Now, Franny, I know you've not seen it yet. And I know everybody hasn't seen it, but a lot of people will have seen it because it's been on YouTube, off YouTube, on YouTube, off YouTube. It was on YouTube and I've seen it. Uh, the We Never Stop documentary. You can oh. just listen if you want at this point. <laughs> 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 just just nurse your hangover and listen to the adults and see me and Stephen. Okay. But uh, Stephen, I mean... For me, I thought it was it was a brilliant documentary. Um, I thought I've heard. Well, for me, if you get a chance, the bit at the start it goes into Angie's life, his like upbringing and stuff like that. Spoiler: It's about twenty. Uh, aye. Well, but I'm not <laughs> telling you exactly what. I mean, a lot of the footage that you're, you're seeing in that first the twenty. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the footage that you're seeing in that first twenty minutes is a, a lot of stuff we've seen. But yeah. for me, it's sort of it's painting a picture. It's really it's produced really well. It's painting a, a picture, building it up, and then it it moves into when he comes into cell taking everybody thought. Wasn't he got to, he just got to be shy, absolutely not good enough for the rest of it. And then we just go and do what we do and we bring the title home, like we all know. But there's, I mean, how good was it for you? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, when, when you said it was back on YouTube, it was about half half 11 at night I'd seen that text message and I watched <laughs> it and didn't get to bed like half one or whatever. It was, it, it was an incredible watch. It really was for anyone who hasn't seen it. Either purchase it or just wait until someone alleges and puts it back on YouTube and and just watch it whenever you can. It it was just great. I mean, the, the whole issue, like the whole post backstory for me, I think is fantastic because you get to know him even more as a person and where he mm-hmm. came from, from like the the whole Greek Australian connection, South Melbourne moving into Brisbane Roar, the Australian under seventeens and stuff like that, and lots and lots of ones like with ex-coaches who coached with him giving you brilliant insight and Egyptian King the documentary was well done yeah the only issue I have of it Celtic need to get the times and release it on like a streaming platform and let people buy it for like $6.99 this whole DVD thing a lot of people I mean personally myself don't have one who's got a fucking DVD player (laughs) so that's the only real market employee that I don't understand why they're not getting away from because Imagine the Australian kind of buy into that and like the Japanese buy into that and they would all be on, on that download if that became available. Um, I think that the whole thing was done really well. You expect these documentaries really cheesy and a bit like licking arse and all that type of stuff, but it wasn't. It was real. The players were real. They were given real insight and it was great seeing different players being involved in team talks and people you wouldn't necessarily think that had a voice, did have a voice to be honest. And 
it, it was just it was great to see that the whole the whole production of it was fantastic and showing you all the vital moments at Dingwall, Tanadays, Ralston was heavily involved in the whole thing. All them types of players to get on it. It, it was amazing. I was engrossed. Right. I think I sat with a cup of tea and just sipped at it. Just, <laughs> I was just on it. I loved see, it. Even, the uh, there was well, obviously again, it's it's footage. I want it some like yeah. it's footage that we've seen in the changing rooms. See when uh, you've got obviously I can't even if it was before the cup final, Cal McGregor and he's like rallying the troops in the changing rooms. <sighs> Hairs in the neck were on yes. like standing on end. Uh, you've got Posta Coglu in the changing room rallying the troops as well. Then one of my favourite bits was it, it must be like the it's like a sort of team meeting room. It's a couple of hours before the game, big screen, and I'm just talking to guys through the game, giving them a pep talk, and you're just like, I would fucking yeah. do anything for you, man. I'm going to fucking punch fuck at that guy. Never mind, <laughs> score a goal. But hey, uh, aye, it, it, it was really good, and it sort of brings me on to come to you, Franny. Uh, just that, obviously, we've seen. Stephen sort of touched on it a wee bit there with the streaming stuff and that, Amazon Prime and stuff like that. For me, there's been a lot of these flying the wall documentaries being made. Uh, the Sunderland one, the Arsenal one, the Chicago Bulls one is the best one I've ever seen. It's absolutely phenomenal. If you've not seen it, watch it. Or the other guys that are watching, if you've not seen it, honestly, it's tremendous. But for me, I think, I, I think it's time that Celtic maybe dipped their toe into that. I, well, I, I mean, there's pitfalls, there's pros and cons with everyone, right? Celtic and Ange maybe when they like it, the club maybe when they like it. In terms of me as a fan, being able to watch the, the, the players that I love, the team that I love, the team that I follow week in, week out, to see them and just feel, I feel part of it. Anyway, but to feel just that wee bit more party and just see that in the change rooms, it was wee bits, wee, wee snippets in this documentary. To see a full documentary like uh, like mm-hmm. that would be absolutely phenomenal for me, and I think everybody would be all over it. Our fans and fans aren't even fans yes because Celtic are that big a club. People would be interested in it. I think it would be tremendous. What about yourself? I've, I'm kind of on the fence with it because, like you said, there is pros and cons. I watched the Man City one, which I really enjoyed. Like, I hate, I hate like Man City and how they've got where they are, but I found some of that quite interesting. Like, things like Van Dyke, they really wanted him, but one they want to pay what Liverpool want to pay. So, it was quite good to see how Man City were operating at a different sort of like Man City weren't going until sort of Grealish gone spending silly money, and it was. That was good. I watched the Tottenham one for about five episodes and guys like Dele Alley and Danny Rose just were doing my nut in. I was like, this is what professional football is about. Now they're talking about how they brush their teeth and I'm like... That's guys that are on... Aye, stupid money. Aye, crazy money. They've they've lost a grasp of reality. This this Celtic team are... Ange doesn't allow that. No, I I don't... So I think in that sense... it might be a bit different because I think the training, like the, the sort of training ground clips and that would probably be would probably be really good because I think the pattern and banter and things like that would be would be good because I actually seen a, a 
video this earlier on Twitter, found enough it was Greg Taylor, and it was it was obviously at the start of the season when they were all getting the team forty, and it's the way Hatati's standing, and then the photographer Scottish is going turn round a wee bit, turn round a wee bit, and Taylor just turns to John and goes, "Fucking talk to him like he's Scottish, not going just turn round a wee bit, mate." <laughs> 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 they obviously has got a wee bit of part. They've got they've obviously got a bit of part, so. I understand, like, I think the board would go for it because from a business point of view, we know our board, like, like the pennies, it would probably make us plenty of money. I just, I don't know if the manager would, the manager would want it. And I think he would have to have the final say in it. Aye, I'm, listen. I'm on the fence with the now. I don't, Aye. I, I, don't I, I, I agree with you there. I, I, I like seeing it, for, I like seeing it for, other, for other clubs. I just know too sure if... I know. I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I, I alluded it to myself. I, I think I agree with you that I don't know whether Ange or the club would be on board with it. But for a selfish point of view, as oh, a fan, give me it. Give me it every single. Mm. Give me it twice a week, every single <laughs> week. Give me that content. I want it. I love it. I'd be over it. What about yourself, Steve? Well, I mean, you look at the success of that. Welcome to Wrexham. One. I know, obviously, boosted by Ryan Reynolds and. And the other guy who's involved in it, um, their their viewership and their followers have like doubled and increased and on Twitter, Instagram, all that type and YouTube. So they've definitely got benefits out of the whole thing. For me personally, I'm gonna be a bit cheesy here. One of my dreams in life is to go to Lennox Town and just watch training and look at the facilities and look at how to do things. And I'm interested, I'm a geek for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Anything that gets me behind the scenes footage of Lennox Town and training and listening to Anne's and the team do their talks and whatever, I'm in it. I'll stay in all day and watch 24 hours every single day because yeah. I would love <laughs> love stuff like that. I don't think we're showing enough from behind the scenes. We got that mic'd up session, which was fantastic, and never again after that. We never got anything. I thought that would have led on to like a wee mini-series of maybe once a month you get an insight into the training sessions. I know to do something in Celtic TV, where you get in behind and the unfiltered access to Lennox Town. But again, you have to pay for that ongoing, which it kind of goes against what we're saying here in terms of streaming. But I would love for Celtic to bring out a, like an all or nothing or like a, an Anne's journey while he's here of the club and maybe a couple of series hit like for two years running, for example, starting from next season. We'll see how it ends. I think it's something that they need to explore because, I mean, if the likes of Spurs and Arsenal and, and, uh, who racks them at clubs like Sunderland are doing it, what harm can it really do to their club? All it really is is just kind of giving the supporter an insight to what goes on in a professional environment. You see the people who buy into the club, Deli Alley and Danny Rose, where are they now? Like Deli Alley ruined his career. Who's, Jose Mourinho, was that famous footage from that oh, documentary, told them, told them what would happen and it happened. The same with Danny Rose. He told them, so you're seeing that day-to-day life of a footballer, the, the, the struggles of a management team and things like that, all that stuff excites me. And if sadly done it, mm-hmm. I'd be 100%. I'd bat 50 times over. I'd be uh, incredible that, in my opinion. That's the matter. As much as I'm kind of on the fence and leaning to being against it, I've, surprisingly, I would totally contradict myself because I'd be all over it when it's all Oh, of course that. you would. And I, I would. I'd be loving the content. Because like, I love that makeup Aye. session and that's essentially mm-hmm. a, a watered-down filtered version of it, isn't it? Really. Aye. Like, how Aye. surreal is it? Like, how, how surreal is it looking at like the likes of Joe Hart and like Tanadice in the dressing room, the wee pokey orange walls and all? And they're like, what's going on? It's <laughs> class, man. Honestly, I, it's, it's I, I mean, I, I, I look forward to watching Celtic playing, right? And I, well, 
if you can help it, you don't miss a game, right? Yeah. But yeah. I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, anyway, have you drunk your wine? Talk about a bad second goal. <laughs> no, no. Ross forgot so, what he's got to say. I can't even remember what I was going to say. That's fucking shit. I think you were going to say if, if something along No, like that that's what I was going to say, right? So, uh, I, I watch Celtic all the time. If you can help it, I don't miss a game. But in terms of other games of football, like say Monday night football for an example, right? Just off the bat. So, if it's, I don't know, for talking sake, Arsenal against Leicester, right? I'll I'll watch the game, right? But see the, all the stuff that Neville and Carragher did before it and after it. I, I look forward to and enjoy watching that more than the actual game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so in depth. It's it's real that they have a laugh, banter. It it's it's really good telly. I I like watching stuff like that over. Mm-hmm most games of football now because well I can't put my finger on why I just do sometimes a game you get games of football that are really exciting really good but there's a lot more games of football like I don't know fucking film against West Brom right it's shite you're not going to sit and watch that intently it's shite but all this stuff after it I'll watch to to my heart's content and I love it's, it. It's like for it's like for me, like personally, and I know people here probably don't think I'm talking shit, but I don't watch any other games live. I very rarely do. If, if something aren't playing, it doesn't really interest me. If yeah. if there's a game on, you be throw it on the background sometimes, it does put it around and do whatever you're doing. But I agree with I agree with what you're saying, seeing the likes of uh like Jimmy Carragher and Neville having that the Monday night for, uh, football slot. They were brilliant on that. I know sometimes they don't do it, but when they're together they're fantastic. I love watching the debate, the, the overlap thing. With like Roy Keane and, and totally people amazing. like that. that, that's the type of stuff I would watch. I like that, but see, like Aye. I don't know, I don't know what it is. I, if Celtic aren't playing in a live game, I very rarely watch an English league game or watch anything else. I watch the Scottish yeah. league game. I watch like, see if it wasn't on tonight and we didn't have a podcast and this didn't exist. I probably threw on the Hibs and Johnson game just to see yeah. what that VAR was like. That's the type of stuff I'm into, just to kind of look at stuff and kind of come across like see what the pundits say about that and. I like that overlap stuff is fantastic. It's brilliant. Aye. On that, the, the overlap stuff, that's the, the type of thing that we're talking about. It's, although it's in a, a studio, if you like, but they've mm. got like that sort of fan base, one for each club, and it's it's just a wee bit closer to like being in that sort of circle. Because <laughs> <Chris, laughs> I'm bald, because I'm bald in the top, mate. <laughs> but it's 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 that step that wee bit closer to understanding and getting a feel for that life mm-hmm. and I, I think Carragher and Neville Keane they all give you an insight into that really really well and listen to their their, old, their stories even they were like players yeah. and even like talk sport uh, White nah, I'm Jordan. not really that keen on that, to be honest. I like that, man. But White Jordan, and then you've got the, the guest, Danny Murphy, he's a wee bit of fud, but again, it's, it gives you that insight. He's, it's just really good. Um, I, I love that side of the game. I love analysis. Yeah. I, I love it all. And 
that's that's why when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And turned out I fucking couldn't, but I'm still doing it anyway. <laughs> but I, I, I just love coming on to this and I love watching the Boise Bus and other Celtic podcasts talking about Celtic. And if I can't mm-hmm. watch it, every single day I'm listening to some sort of Celtic content at my work. I don't care mm-hmm. what it is. I just need it in my life every single day. It's class. Talk sport. I tell you what. Kind of disagree with that, but I still like listening to other stuff uh, about football and that. What you I say tell you me? what. You say analyze and analytical side of things. Perfect segue. Stats drop episode number three is back this yeah. Sunday, <laughs> eight o'clock. We'll be reviewing all these games. Probably the Motherwell Hibs and the RB Leipzig game at home. So we'll be getting into that with data and numbers and all that type of stuff. So tune in if that's your gravy. When is it on? Sunday evening. Sunday evening. What time? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. And while you're on a roll, I don't know how much traction or how many messages we're getting because I don't do that side yet, but the viewer takeover, just remind the guys about that. Yes, the, the viewer is, is there any more traction I, towards I it? I think they're all hiding. I know we've got Alistair Jack on after Jed. Jed's on uh-huh. this week coming Friday and he's looking forward to it. Alistair's on, on again up. After that, Monty, Egyptian King, Ryan Kelly, Gary Melrose, get in touch to get on this because we're going to have a laugh. It's just talking Celtic. Kaiser, laugh, done it. Kaiser done it. He's in the comments. We all had a fantastic oh. time with him. It was brilliant. A couple of drinks talking Celtic. Just get in touch with us and you'll get on. By the way, have you watched the, the episode of Kaiser on the Boise Boss? I think it was on Sunday. I've uh. watched about 20 minutes of it because I had to do something, but it was good. The, by the way, the boy's backgrounds are a, a joy to behold, and he's, <laughs> he, his opinion is, I, I love it, man. I, totally on board. I think he just says it how it is. It's class, and he done the same on our one. Uh, I could listen to the boy all day. He's, he's, he's proper good Celtic opinion. But um, we'll move on. Uh, there he is. Legends. Kaiser's a legend. Date. Uh, aye, so we'll move on to... Obviously, there's a lot of chopping changing uh, in the team. You can see it over the last number of weeks. Monty, he, he's got the talk, but no battle here. Kenny, <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on, Monty, get on, man. You can black your face out like one of the folk you don't want to see your identity. You can find him. Anyway. You can find him. Come on, find him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, but I mean. Off the back of the Hibs game, Please Forrest gets a hat trick. Huh? Please don't say your joke. <laughs> Absolutely not. About... It wasn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was a. T- t- just leave it. <laughs> it was a shite pun that I just put in for a wee bit of nonsense. But anyway, so Forrest gets a hat trick. Jack and Marcus gets a double. Surprisingly, but not surprisingly, they get dropped. You'd think they'd stay in, but such is the squad we have. When the team was announced before the Marwell game, I was neither angry nor worried that they were left out. What was your initial thoughts on their omissions for the team? I was, I mean, I was surprised in Forest. Oh. Sorry. I Did I know that? Sorry, I was no. saying to Stephen, they'll come to you next guy. Sorry. Right, I mean, 
to be fair, like you're looking at Forrest and you're thinking Hattrick, he's he's a shoe in the play. And then you look at Jack and Magus, he had a cracking game. But then you have to remember he picked up an injury. So you're kind of thinking, is he going to start? Because he, he pulled up with his calf as well in that hips game. So Kyogo, you're thinking he probably will come in. And then Hacks of Benefits. I mean, the team the team itself, you take out the players and was listening on the sports sound on the way down for all my sins. The, the McGrand and South Board watched the game. They were talking about Celtic doing the rotation and things like that. And one of the pundits, I think it might have been Michael Stewart at the time, said they take out five players and replace five players with the exactly same quality. So you're really not doing much at domestic level when you're taking out the likes of Forrest, you're bringing Labada back in, you're taking out Jack and Magus, you're bringing Kugel back in. The, the team for me, regardless of anything, was good enough to beat Motherwell and thankfully we did quite comfortably. So I, the, the rotation aspect, I think, is going to come in more and more now with the, the World Cup coming up and the games. I think there's eight games left in this period, so it's quite hectic. And wouldn't be surprised if they see a, a, a few left-wing ones like... like Edaguchi may be starting the game at one point. Burnaby getting more game time. No, you never know. You never know. You never, you never know, Ange. You know, well, yeah, you never know. But McCarthy seems to be getting his. No, nah, McCarthy's getting on for a, a bet. Like he's on the bat. But he's, 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 he's he is getting He's getting picked back before Edaguchi. That that says a lot. I totally agree with you there, Franny. Yeah. I but yeah, the 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 rotation thing hasn't finished. Ross, hold your wee horse there. I think apologize. it's it's great it's, it's great to see and I like the players getting game time. It excites me when there's changes sometimes when, when you want to see a different player coming in and see how he gets on and the likes of Kaiser, the likes of Burnaby and all getting game time. It only bodes well because it brings them up to speed, gets them used to the, the team playing, Seagrass getting the cup games. I'll take it. Is that you finished, Stephen? Sorry. Oh, okay. yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, just waiting for to get assured there, you know. <laughs> but, uh, aye, uh, just off the back of that, Franny, I, I think it was... Five, I don't know what day it was. It was the other day, but Ange was quoted saying... Well, I'm going to read it, right? I'm going to read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, this, this was, I don't know what interview it was or where it was. I've not seen it. But I read it, so I saved it on my phone for this evening, and I nearly forgot to read it out. <laughs> but, uh, so, he says, we still have seven games to go in this stretch before the break, and there's just no way you can do that with 11 or 12 players, especially with the type of football we want to play. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of me just giving guys a game because I feel sorry for them. I'm putting guys in there because I think we can maintain those levels and keep guys fresh for when we need them because they need a lot of energy to play our kind of football. The guys have embraced that. They're taking their opportunities every time they play to make an impact and I thought the guys who came in were good at that. They provided a general sort of drive and energy we needed. I left out a couple of guys. One scored a hat-trick, the other, eh, Jackamakis, a couple of goals. <coughs> but we brought in a couple. Leo, could have had a hat trick and Kyogo. <laughs> you giggling at you. No, <laughs> and Kyogo could have scored a couple. I think there is a respect within the group. We all know you're making me nervous. Sir. We all know what we are <laughs> trying to achieve, and we all want to do it together. That means that no one is more important than anyone else. I think they've embraced that. They understand it. You saw last year what happens when you put the burden on a very 
on a very few. You get injuries and it affects us. If James had played or Jacko had played, there's no chance for Saturday. So th- so they understand that, right? Now, I don't know what he's are giggling at. I don't know if it's a <laughs> comment put up on the screen that I've missed or if Steve has just went into full mature mode. But oh my God. I just felt I needed to read that out just to move on to the next bit. What, what are we all laughing at? What, what is it, children? <laughs> Yeah, well, just I told you not to, re- to read the script on her. <laughs> I was just reading out. Uh, anyway, probably a lot of people have seen it. I've never remembered that. But I don't know if yeah. everybody's seen that quote. I don't think everybody has. That was a quote. I don't know where I've seen it or if one of you shared. I can't mind, but I saved it on my phone anyway. What's that? That was a speech, no quote. I know. It was, it was brilliant. brilliant. But he said it in some interview somewhere anyway, right? But off the back of that, right, for me, that pays to the argument that he doesn't have a first 11. <laughs> I know it was, Jed, but it's wine o'clock, Gerard. It's wine o'clock. <laughs> nah, but uh, off the back of that, right, That for me, that pays to the argument that he doesn't have a first 11. He probably has maybe a favoured nine players that he'll rotate at different times. I think they players Ross Monoglog. I knew that's where this was coming from. <laughs> Why don't you just refer to his William Shakespeare? Hey, I'll take that. I don't know about William right enough. Hurry <laughs> up, yeah, funny. <laughs> right, that's it. I'm off. <laughs> nah, right. So, off the, like I've said, right, for me, that pay, I think he's probably got a favoured nine, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that is Hart, Carter Vickers, Taylor, Juranovic, McGregor, Hatate, O'Reilly, Jota, and Kyogo. Franny, would you say that would be fair to say? And what's your thoughts just on that? I, I think it's fair. I think Maeda's one of his favourites as well. He, even when he but he's in and, out, in and out a lot more than yeah, the other aye. guys I've mentioned. Oh, no, definitely, I. But even when his form was dipping, he was always he was always in. Fuck this man! <laughs> I didn't realise it was as long until I started reading it. By the way, <laughs> but, uh, I think I, I think it's fair to say he has got a, a few <laughs> few favourites. I mean, what manager does it? Then the every manager's got their favourite players. <laughs> but I think I mean, we were saying that last season as well. He's got he's trying to build a strong squad and not. A strong eleven, but like to play that high press, that fast attacking football, competing in all fronts, including Europe, you can't do that with eleven players. You can't do that with fourteen players. You need mm-hmm. you need a good squad of maybe eighteen to twenty players that can do that. That standards don't drop like like we're seeing now with Taylor's out, Bernabe's coming in, and he's looking like a good, a really good player. Kyle and Jack and Marcus, it, the standard doesn't drop. Forrest scored the hat trick. Gets dropped, a badder scores too. It's I think I think that's what we're seeing. That like you say, it does allude to the fact that he wants a strong squad as opposed to a strong eleven. You just look at the, like all successful teams; they've all got a strong <laughs> squad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the CBBs. CBBs have a. I'm the, the, the famous the famous podcast that it comes in and bits away to sleep. Although, but, uh, By the way, I'm not a famous podcaster. Just let me clear that up. <laughs> a fucking famous one. 
I forgot what I was saying. Uh, I, it wants a strong squad. And like most most successful teams, I've got strong squads and no strong yeah. eleven. So we've got to try and get to that to be successful on all fronts. Mm-hmm. Aye, I totally agree with that. And just uh, your thoughts, Stephen, just off the back of what I've said there in terms of the players that I've mentioned uh, possibly being his like nine more favoured players and then how he's mm-hmm. using the squad, the, the years what? of the squad. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's so bad. Like, that's I know, so that's right. Bad. Move on, kid. Move on. Um, I think, like, you're right to say, he's definitely got a core that he, he likes. He likes Carter Vickers Jens at the minute. If, if Kalmak was available, it'd be him. It'll be O'Reilly Hatate and then Kyogo. And the, re- the rest kind of alternate between that. I know Jada and stuff as well. But I, I think it's good to have, like, a core squad where you can kind of rely upon. And then you can bring in the different types of rotation and different combinations of, like, Maeda or a battle on the wings or Jada or Haxabanovic or even Haxabanovic dropped into the 10. Yakimak is going up front as well. So as Franny rightly said, every squad, every team who challenges for league titles and cups needs a, a, a great pool of players. Players who come in and it doesn't necessarily look like a drop off, a big drop off in quality, which I think we have at domestic level. I'll always say at European level, not so much at the minute, but domestically, 100%, the rotation works well. Mm-hmm. St. Murren game for now is a blip in the whole process and what, what we're kind of facing with post the cognitive team. I know before we were told it's a roller coaster and sometimes your heart sinks when you see certain players play, like Moy, for example, but he's come in, he's done a job, and really until that breaks down, you can't really question that process because it's working. And you, What's that saying? You can't fix what's not broken. So at the minute, it's, it's working. You take it as it goes. The regulars, the core of the group, will remain the same. Players get their chances and it's up to them to take it. Aye, I agree. And by the way, for... I would say, for all but the Saint, for all but the Saint Martin game, I think he's used the squad, and he's used the squad really well. And you can't argue because they've got result after result after result, bar the Saint Martin game. But they they've made five six changes, and more more than one occasion this season, and it's worked. They've got away with it. Let me finish my point, then we'll move on to that. <laughs> uh, forgot what I'm saying. We'll just move on to this. I'm so excited. The Avenger. <laughs> what players would we put in? Well, yeah. Joe Hart would be in for his speed, getting the ball back onto the park, and for being a maniac, screaming at ball boys. He would be Captain America. Okay. Who else? What 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 we're thinking? I like that one. I thought there's CCV. Nah, CCV's oh, gonna be a Hulk. I was thinking CCV is a Hulk, but mm-hmm. uh, may have a flash. Oh yeah, flash, uh, right. Oh dear. Right. Oh, G-G I know who's C no. Uh it's C C V oh well, nah, he's not an Avenger. I was gonna say C C V could be Thanos. Jacomacus is Iron Man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Jota is a... Oh, what do you call... What do you call... A, what do you call the woman? Superwoman? No, the one... Uh, the one... Wonder Woman? 
No, that's chop your maniac. Eh, <laughs> uh, the the one she goes up into space. Now that I forgot her name. NASA. No, just leave it. <laughs> it's the one. Oh, can't mind, man. Doesn't matter. Aye, that was a good wee bit anyway, but we'll move on. <laughs> well, what, Franny doesn't know, because he's not seen many, much of them. I know, mate, I'm basing it on Mila's teddies and now that are sitting on yeah. the couch. <laughs> she's actually got... <laughs> <laughs> she's got a hulk the talk and everything. You've got a teddy sitting on your sofa? Well, she's got Hulk, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's no Avengers, isn't he? No. Look at that pose, Ross, look at the pose. What pose? Teapot. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, I have a little teapot. <laughs> she's got Captain America, Spider Man, Iron Man, and Hulk. What the fuck's happened here? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who's Doctor Strange? Somebody has to be Doctor Strange, and we'll move on. MD in the Moy. comment. Boy. Easy. He's a strange looking man. Could be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. Moving on. Ross. <laughs> Penis held. Penis Pena, Penis held. Penis held. Who's penis held? Right. By the way, we're nearly 37 minutes in. I've, I've just gave up. up. I've gave up oh, on man. the time. I'm just going to keep going, man. Uh, next topic, next part of the pod is come at yourself first, Stephen. Thus far in the season, who has been your top and most consistent performer of the team squad so far? Top performer? <clears throat> top and game. most consistent. On his game, Rio Atate. I don't think there could be Rijo. much of a case made. Rio, much of a case made to be for anyone else. Um, consistency, Greg Taylor. He's been Mr. Consistent. I, I've grown to really like him when he plays, I think. He just gives us all, as I said before. Albeit he's not technically gifted, but he makes up for that for his effort, his enthusiasm. He gets up and down that left-hand side. Whether it looks like it's killing him, he's still running up and down because sometimes he looks absolutely busted <clears throat> and he makes them runs. He links up the play. I think he's adapted really well to the inverted fullback position where you can come in and kind of link up the play from the midfield. I think he's really good at that sometimes. It's a bit underappreciated, his mm-hmm. passing. I think he has a good array of passing. Um, but yeah, consistency would be Taylor, top performer on his game. For me at the moment, it'd be Rio Hatate. I have absolutely nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> Franny, what about your... That's exactly what I was thinking, I, honestly. I'd be the players I would pick, but I think you... You have to argue Taylor for both ones because consistency makes the top performer mm-hmm. as well. So I would absolutely. I, would, I think he, Taylor edges it. Aye. I would say Taylor edges it. I just think, like you say, his standards have not dropped one bit. I'm not saying Hatati says, but he's had game like in different performances where I, I don't think of off the top of my head. I can't think of one game where Taylor has played bad this season. So I would have to say, I'd have to say it's Taylor. For me, I would agree with that. I, I don't think Taylor's been any less than a seven. There's a lot uh, of guys fucking off, trying to move, whatever you want to say. I've milked this, I've taken it into all. It long, doesn't but... matter. We keep <laughs> going, we never stop. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't we'll just matter keep going. Right. Listen, 
just a wee, it was just a wee filler there. I thought it was a wee filler, but I didn't realise <laughs> the wee filler was going to be an hour and 39 minutes in. But hey-ho, we'll move on to Tynecastle tomorrow morning, eh, tomorrow afternoon, half 12 kick We're nearly there, folks. We're nearly there. <laughs> nearly there. It's getting so close. It's getting so close. <laughs> eh, half 12 kick-off, Tynecastle, VAR. Oh, my God. They knew when VAR was coming in. They gave us Tynecastle. Okay, fuck them right up. They'll probably be two points clear at that point. They knew they, they knew everything. They knew everything that was going to happen. That's why they done it. <laughs> uh, but Franny, what's your thoughts on the game? How it'll go, your team and a uh, score. <laughs> 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 uh, I th- norm- I mean, Tynecastle's never an easy place to go. But mm. I think they've really struggled with European football this season and getting the balance with European football in, in the league. And for Hearts' levels the last few seasons, they're not really up to much. So I'm, I'm fairly confident going in, especially because off the back of the the games we've had against, obviously, Motherwell and Hibs, where we seem to have found a scoring touch again. Um, I thought we're still in that sort of way. We sort of dip where we were struggling to find the net. I would be a wee bit more concerned, but I think I actually, for once, I'm pretty confident going to Tynecastle. As much as it isn't an easy place to go, I just think it will be this time round. Var, it could be it could be a disaster. It probably will because end the as much as I don't want Var in football, Var's no the problem. It's the guys operating Var and their interpretation of the rules. Far's no necessarily the problems the guys are using VAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Postacoglu, if we do our bit, we'll no need to worry about VAR. We'll no need to worry about it making decisions for us. Uh, Annoyingly, <laughs> 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 uh, like, Monty, way, send me your location. I'm coming down to fucking here and drink me, you man. I'm going to keep talking about it because at this rate, I'll get to see it again because we're going to fucking see. Chase at Smith's Toy Store tomorrow, and I think it's falling right in time with the football. Ready class. for action, Ryder, sir? Aye, class. Is that Paw Patrol? That's aye. Stephen's not even going away, and he knows for us. Aye, getting it in the now. Getting aye. all the programmes he needs to watch. Um, but I'm a team, my team was hearts and goals. I would actually play your, uh, your Ralston and Ben, oh, I'm going to put Ben the Ben, but it's more who I'll play up because of who I'm playing up front, which is obviously got to give that away. Um, hmm. And then obviously Jens and Carter Vickers, the midfield three, I think it'll be O'Reilly, Hatati, and Moy. Um, and then my front three, I'm putting a bad in again. And Haksavanovic on the left with Jack and Marcus up front. And it's simple, like Bernabe. As much as Taylor's got tons of assists, I think crossing-wise, Bernabe gets the ball in quicker. Same with Ralston gets the ball in quicker. Nevada usually gets the ball in quicker. So it's if I'm playing Jack and Marcus up front, I'm playing the guys just to get the service into him quicker. Mm-hmm. And I'm going for a 3-0. 3-0? Aye. Already, do they? <laughs> Stephen, what about yourself? I mean... The whole far thing throws in a different dimension to the game, doesn't it really? I mean, uh-huh. we all know hearts are going to be up for it. 
as we all say, they're the, they're the dad, the dads, they're the sisters or whatever of the other club. Um, the miniatures, the miniatures. I uh, exactly. <laughs> I think it'll be. I think it'll be a tough game. I know Hearts have kind of had up and down season, but they've they've got into Europe and stuff, so they're there in their own merit. They've played some good football, have some good players as well. The only issue you have for me is this: the, the VAR thing really, really gives me anxiety at the minute. It does. And I, I've heard about the camera yeah. angles. They're, they're, they're not as sufficient as the English Premier League or the Bundesliga. <clears throat> There's six extra cameras, apparently, and some of them don't even cover some of the areas where um, decisions are made, which how the hell are you going to do that? Uh, the, the whole red card thing and penalties and all this type of thing, I just noticed this. Any wee thing we do wrong is going to be took, took on and played on. And it's it's not conspiracy. I can just see it. It's happened loads and loads of times. Inconsistency for referees. We talk about it. This for me is going to make it 100, 110 million times worse. This VAR stuff, it's fucking 10 minute pauses in games, fucking, it, it doesn't go well. I don't think we've even got the monitor at the side of the park. Yeah. And do you know another thing no. too? Is it no? I ha- don't think so. No. Wow. Do, do you know, I'm do going know, to be so angry too? watching football now. Which, <laughs> which is mental. <laughs> The fact that there's that there's no hardly any big screens in Scottish football like they have in the EPL or Bundesliga, so you don't even know what's going on or what, can, can what's I being stopped well? or, or go for it. Sorry, Stephen, can I can I ask it? Is there even goal line technology? I don't think so. Yeah, we have so there's far, but no goal line technology. I don't we know, have goal line technology. Yeah. Do we? We do. Yeah, because it's, it's it's already implanted in the ball, isn't that? That it gives the referee a signal no, that it's, it's over cameras, line. No, it's cameras. Okay, you have cameras. No, Aye, I don't think we'll do that. Goal technology is Hawkeye. It's Hawkeye, which is cameras. Aye, it's yeah. not there, though. We've, we've not got that in Scotland, got, I don't think. I think we're getting VAR with goal technology. No, I don't I think we have, no. Well, the, the Forest one last week, they were debating on body sports scene whether it was a goal or no, yeah. even Aye. though the guy got hot in the face and his pie went over him. <laughs> the Bob was that far in. I don't know. Uh, so they wouldn't have been debating about that had, had we had goal line technology. I don't think point. it's coming in with VAR. Don't even think well, that's what I find bizarre. Yeah. But sorry, Stephen, you were mid flow, and then we digress there a wee bit. But no, no, hundred percent. I think it's it's a great debate to have. It. It's going to be this whole implantation period of it. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Your 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 man Crawford Allen. I did an interview with him. They were like, if a, if a team gets a new player, you, you don't expect them to bet in right away. But see, even comparing up to what a referee has to do. Ways up, you're just giving yourself excuses or to make mistakes. It's just and why, incredible. Why is the guy that's sort of heading this saying that? It's just exactly. He's not ready. Aye. Yeah, that's that's what that's that that's an admission <laughs> that it's it's not up to scratch. Mm. And they bring you into the the ESFA studio. And they're like, we've got screens over here, we've got screens mm. over there, but we don't yeah. know what the fuck we're doing. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's a bit incredible. like me when I go into the bookies. of screens everywhere. I'm a fucking clue. It's going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what well, I'll go I'll go three one Celtic tomorrow. That's my, my prediction. And did you give us your team? Yeah. Uh I'll go Joe Hart, Juranovic, CCV, Jens, Burnaby, um O'Reilly, Hatate, Haxabanovic, Jack and Magus through the middle, Abana on the right, and Mieta on the left. Mm. Yeah, it's not too, not too far away from my team. Not exactly mm. the same like yeah, last no, week. Just, just See how he's doing Maeda? Do you mean Maeda or Forrest? Maeda, dickhead. Right. I know, I, I got ah. that wrong myself. <laughs> all right, all right. But uh, who, who predicted Hexapanovic's number 10 first? Oh. <coughs> got laughed at. Uh, who, who, predict, who predicted 6-1 against Hibs last oh, week? No. 
Unreal. Did you? No, you say you said seven nil or something. No, I said six one. I said six one. Yeah, I said that. Well, well, Pleased to meet you, I'm the Oracle. Well, right. <laughs> well, say four nil against Mallow. Did it, who? Wally. I Wally, I, I thought you were going to say me. I was, I wasn't even on. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, me, I think I'm going to go two 0 Celtic. It's always a tough game. No, always. Sometimes we cuff them, but I expect a tough game. Two 0 Right. How do you uh, ban Monty out the comments? So I, I was like, to, <laughs> I'd like to put that the wheels in motion on that right now. <laughs> um, nah, two 0 Celtic. I'm going to go for, and my team will be uh, Hart, Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Jens, Taylor, O'Reilly, Hatate, Haksabanovic, Maeda on the left, Gigi through the middle, and Forrest on the right. That would be my team. He's all right with that. He's happy. It's not in the way. I don't know you. I'll give you my team. I've pitched my tanter. I'm so quick at an sale. <laughs> right. Listen. Finally, at one hour and 49 <laughs> minutes, we have come to the end of the podcast. But if you would like a wee agree to disagree, yes. do a couple uh, of them just to finish off. Fillers in. Yes. Fillers in. Oh, we need fillers, <laughs> mate. This is short. Oh, we need the fillers, right? <laughs> Fucking hell, man. I don't know what happens every time. You used to slag John, man. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. It's fucking ridiculous. I, I just, I, I just elongate it so I can get more wine and keep the door shut. <laughs> anyway, so we'll move on to the agree to disagree to finish off. Eh... Uh, We all can how it works. Strongly agree, agree, disagree, strongly disagree, right? So the first one is a wee bit controversial. It's caused a few arguments in our chat, but we're going to go there because <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> Tyson Fury never wanted the Joshua fight. He knew because of timing for Joshua it wouldn't happen and played it so he could look good before taking another shite fight. I strongly agree. Stephen? Strongly disagree. Fucking why, you knob? Well, <laughs> if Fury's offering a fighter who has lost what two or three professional fights. Three's last four. Three? Three. So he's lost three of his last four professional fights. He's offering him the fight that Everyone wants. Basically, and he knew it was old timing. For... No, listen, let me finish because you got your time. No, I didn't. You rambled it and you gave me it, so I'm answering it. Right, okay. The way, the way I look at this, right, it's like if you see someone in the street or whatever and he used to be a billionaire and he's lost all his money and someone goes here, there's a billion quid back to you and he says no. That's basically what Tyson Fury's doing. He's giving them an arm, a helping hand here to get it back up. And I know Tyson Fury's played it for himself a hundred percent, but again, he was getting about forty percent of of the purse. And that's, but he that's offered him a fight when a he fight. knew he when he knew he wouldn't be ready. He knew for a fact, like he knew as a fighter, if he'd came off the back of the Usyk fight, this was totally 
if he came off the back of the Usyk fight, right, and Joshua was in his position, and he offered, uh, Joshua offered him that fight, Tyson Fury wouldn't take it. Because it's ill timing, it's bad timing. As much right. as it's no a fight that Joshua deserves, and he knows that, he played on it. And he knows that deep down, Joshua wants the fight because he takes every fight. And he wanted that fight. But it was bad timing. And You've got a, you've got a really strange loving for Anthony Joshua. He's absolute dog me. He's dog me. Ah, but I also love Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua he's crap. For nah, me, Tyson Fury knew that he, the, in terms of the time scale for when he had his last fight, to when he, he, he wanted to fight Joshua, he wouldn't be fighting the best person there, Joshua, which would suit Tyson Fury. Don't talk about it. It would allow him to most likely win that fight because it's, it's given, not the best it's, person. It, it, it's, let it's me given, finish. Let me finish. Talk shite there, because he, he wouldn't be fighting the best person there, Anthony Joshua. And he knew that he would have... He, he probably still believes he would beat him, but I don't think Fury really wants that fight. He has to take the Usyk fight, doesn't he have to take the Joshua fight? But he played on that to make it look like gain at the big I am. He's never took a big fight bar Klitschko. You can tell me he took Wilder. Wilder is absolutely pish at boxing. Fuck totally off. pish. Totally right. pish. Utter garbage at boxing. That knockout the other night was a total disgrace. Embarrassing. Tyson Fury is calculated and he's a liar. That's my opinion. Well, what big fights has Josh took that? Franny's done it. You, you it doesn't matter. Not, we're here too long. Go ahead. I, well, Absolutely. I, shit. I agree, but like, I, th- I think both fighters wanted the fight. It you agree obviously... with the question? Aye, I don't strongly the statement. agree. But I do agree that Tyson Fury did Everything was all in his favour to make to to make it look like Anthony Joshua didn't want the fight. I think it was more the promoter Eddie Hearn maybe didn't want it because they've got a big deal with the zone. He loses four out of five fights. It's no a great look for your Aye. your marquee guy. And as much as Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren can both say they wanted like it was the other person, we'll, we'll never know who. The real reason, but I was I was totally on the campus saying where you were, Rossway, and now I like Fury. But I was I went to your I was totally on your side where it, I would have been strongly strongly agree that Fury done said he wanted the fight, but pretty much knew time skills. The type of fights didn't happen that in the time skills he was setting out. The deal the fight could have been made for December third. They just had to let it let the legal guys do what they need to do and get the fight done. I, but I was talking in terms of recovery for his last fight, rather than... I don't, I don't know, because, what was it, 10 weeks or something, it would have been? Still not the best person he's fighting. Yeah, I still not the best person, but, again, you've got to look at Anthony Joshua in the back of three defeats at four fights, he's getting getting a fight that you could argue he doesn't deserve. So it's one of them where sometimes you've just got to take it to maybe get back up the top of the tree. Bingo! Anthony Dom gets it. Aye, I don't. Well, aye, 
Aye, but Aye, because no way, because AJ is no not calculated in a liar. He knew it wasn't. But what I would say is, how the fuck is he It's gone to different right. The whole corner bend carry on. I've lost a lot of trust for Eddie Helm on the back of that. Eddie Helm knew weeks and weeks ago that he had failed a drug test. Aye. So well, can I said, we really believe everything Eddie Helm said how that he'd done everything for to make that Fury fight happen? I didn't think so. I we think could do a full we could do a full podcast on this, right? I, I think but the no, cold is no. going to it, it could potentially expose a few guys in a dangerous way, I think, because if why they not never said they've done the B sample, not done that. I, I and I think it was Eubank Star that has broke the story at the papers that had failed a drug test. Mind, mind that time I asked about Fury and Joshua. I know, but well, that, <laughs> that led on to how that led I to know, how I, know, I, I, know, I, I didn't trust Eddie Hearn as much anymore because the guy was one. I, I didn't trust Eddie Hearn anyway. I didn't trust any of them. But I know, but Fury, the guy was caught. the guy was one to let a lot of guy that failed a drug test fight. Fury's a cock. He's a liar. He's calculated. He's picked and chose his fights. His entire career. He beat Klitschko. So did AJ. AJ's took every big fight available to him. I agree. Tyson I agree Fury that. has not. AJ. End of story. Oh, we'll move AJ. on to the next one. Ah, we'll move on to the next one, right? Because we're, we're nearly two hours. We're nearly two hours now, right? One more. One more for the road boys. Eh. Uh, He's played with less... I'll come to you first, eh, Franny. He's played with lesser clubs, but over their careers, performance-wise, Craig Gordon has been a better goalkeeper than Joe Hart. Oh. Hmm. Wow. Nah, I'd have to go to disagree. I'd have to go to disagree. Just... And it's... It's a lazy argument, but there's a reason you play with the clubs you play for. There's a reason you play at the level they played at. Craig Gordon's Scottish. That's why he uh, didn't play at my side. A, like, I appreciate it's, it's a lazy argument from, from my side saying when well, he was at Man City playing the Champions League, played for England X amount of times and stuff, but I would, as much as Craig Gordon is, is a really, really good goalkeeper and was brilliant for us, I would... I would disagree with that one. Stephen? I don't know why you said that. That's uh-huh. horrendous. Two are agree to disagrees and they've both been absolutely shambolic. Joe Hart, what? Joe Hart. Joe Hart is miles better than Craig Gordon. Is he fuck? Of course he is, man. No way, man. <laughs> I have no idea. I just I strongly disagree. Like Joe Hart and I didn't like him for years, right? I and mean, you still had to hold your hands up. He was a good goalkeeper. Like, oh, he's a very Craig, good goalkeeper. Why, why Joe Hart was playing? Craig Gordon was injured. Do you know what I mean? So you can't really compare the, the two careers in that sort of instance. But uh, uh, well, maybe I worded it wrong. Just in terms of a goalkeeper, right? No, no. Like excluding Craig Gordon's injury, right? In terms of a goalkeeper, there's nobody going to tell me that Joe Hart's a better goal than Craig Gordon. Craig Gordon just, was world class. I would, I would argue <laughs> potentially that recent bias maybe comes joking. up to some folks' decision in this one. What, Fry? You... I would argue, and potentially in my case, that recent bias, bias is coming into play. Oh, 
with Joe Hart. 100% Kaiser. Fraser Foster was better than Craig Gordon. Uh, but we're Aye. not talking about that. That wasn't the agree to disagree. Uh, but I mean, if Fraser Foster was better than Craig Gordon, so was Joe Hart. Like, no, like, not like, because uh, for me, Fraser Foster was better than Joe Hart. He couldn't get an England team because Joe yeah, Hart was a uh, cool yeah. name at the time. It's like right now, right? It's the same than now. Jordan Pickford is playing average, right? Mm-hmm. But he's going to play at the World Cup because he's the cool name. Ramsdale should be England's goalkeeper. That's it. Joe, for me, Craig Gordon Pope is well. better. Eddie Pope's, Pope's good. Eddie yeah. Pope. Is it Eddie Pope? No, Nick I think it's Pope. Eddie Pope. Nick Pope. Nick Pope. Who the hell's Eddie Pope? <laughs> no, no, man. Eddie Pope's House, the manager. Uh, Eddie House, the manager. <laughs> Eddie I have Pope. to say, like, Ross, I know you're probably fishing for a few comments, like, but Craig Gordon's not world class. No chance. He was. Uh, when? When he was 19 and he when got that to left, Sunderland? When he left Harps and went to Sunderland, aye. Aye. he was and a world class goalkeeper. Aye, but if but he, he hadn't he got injured. He could have done whatever he wanted. He was a world-class goalkeeper. How's that an argument? That if, if he couldn't have got injured, then he would have been worse. He got injured, he ended up shit, came to us, did well, now he's shit again. Wow. So, it's no <laughs> shit. It's no shit. It's no shit. Listen, we'll just end it there. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. It's two hours and one minute in. It's not Thank a nice round number. That was head and shoulders. Aye, head and shoulders, because he done the advert. Come on. Well done, <laughs> right. Listen, Stephen, I'll let you do all the wee pleasantries at the end. I've enjoyed myself. Have you enjoyed yourself? Oh, that's oh, brilliant. You've got to get a coffee in that, eh? Because he's a bit sleep. <laughs> I'm surprised I've stayed awake. <laughs> I so can't believe I it. Wanna, that's the longest one yet. I just want to, uh, as Ross said, we'll, we'll round it off here. So, everybody... Welcome to this episode of the NSL podcast. This is Monday after the Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played. That was total Monty fatter. <laughs> oh, no, but I, but it's been a great show, Ross. I don't care how long it goes for. We all had a, a laugh. It was, it was great. Selfish supporter podcast. Be a Monday, and that's the way you've done the schedule. Big, big red. Ross put the gas down. Egyptian King, great show, lads. <laughs> 100%. So, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday. Me, Stuart, and Tony McLaughlin doing the stats drop. If you're interested, watch. It's a, it's a, a learning process, lots of numbers, XG, everyone's favorite subject. Looking back in the previous games, normal podcast. We'll be back again Monday at 8 o'clock. Until then, let's hope for a positive result tomorrow at Tynecastle. VAR, not to be spoken about, and everything's great in the garden. Stay well. World Keep class, sure. Craig Gordon has a shite game. Take your <laughs> fucking face for a shot. Hail, hail. <laughs>